Welcome to Journey into Permaculture. I'm your guide, Vincent Corbo. Let's get on with an update about my brand new garden. I'd like to thank all of you who have given likes to the Journey into Permaculture Facebook page. We're well over 100 already. We've also got a Twitter profile if you want to also follow there. I'm going to start focusing more on Facebook since that's where I'm getting the most fan traffic. If there's anything you like in this episode that you'd like to talk more about, go ahead and share it via Facebook or Twitter, and I'll make sure to shout you out on a future episode. This update is more ambiguous, a general update if you will. I'm going to focus on some other things in future episodes. My first garden update, unfortunately, was not as successful as I wished to share with you. You could say my spring garden failed, but at the same time, I wouldn't say that it technically failed, because I'm not giving up, and I'm going to keep on sowing seeds throughout the season moving forward. You only fail if you give up. Otherwise, you're just going to be given lessons on how to do things better. Things just didn't go right this time, but I still was able to get a harvest with things that did grow. I typically direct sow seeds into the garden. I don't really have a place inside to start seeds before spring, mostly because my cats like to eat anything that's green. Someday in the future, I do plan on having like a greenhouse, or I could even make a makeshift greenhouse out of hay bales and some clear plastic tarp. I just didn't put together the materials. However, that would have actually helped my situation a lot. At any rate, I direct sowed seeds into the garden. I didn't get much germination at all. I had very little germination out of all the seeds that I direct sowed. Out of the seeds that did germinate, there was slow growth. One reason why this might have happened is that I had old seeds. They're somewhere between three to five years old, which means that The germination rate on the seed packet, while that was viable in the first year of purchase, as the seed packet ages, the seed germination rate will lower year over year. So I expected a lower germination rate with these older seeds. Typically, it's about 90% or higher. I was looking more around 75% to 60%. However, I was experiencing a little less of a percentage than that. There might have been other reasons why my seeds didn't germinate. The material that I bought for my brand new raised beds was a leaf compost mixture. This came from a nearby garden center. It's possible that this might have impacted my germination as the material could still have been composting. There might have been some settling that impacted growth within the material. The material itself is probably not the best for a brand new garden. So in the future, I'm not going to start a garden with this material, or I would mix it with my pre-made compost from my kitchen scraps. There was another product that I should have gotten at the garden center. The material that I would prefer next time is called Aura Grow, which is likely a better mixture of material, not just leaf compost. Overall, my spring plants that I direct sowed had very slow growth, and many had yellowing. Both of these indicate that there is likely a nutrient deficiency. Yellowing of plants depends on how they're yellowing 
to identify which nutrients are missing. My garden also gets about six to five hours of sunlight uh, directly. So that is a minimum amount of direct sun. If you get any less than that, you might wanna look for a better garden space. I'm using the best space that I have. It's the minimum. So I also anticipated that I would have slow growth from this low direct sunlight. I started off watering my garden daily. Then I started to taper off, especially as I started to see some plants germinate. I allowed rainstorms to water my garden instead with watering every other day when it was dry. This spring into early summer ended up being really hot. So we've had about 90 degree days, 90 degree plus days, and we've had that about 37 days in a row at this point, and it's still going. Fortunately, the last week, we've had some thunderstorms and heavy rains to taper off my irrigation. At first, when I direct sowed the seeds into my garden, I was going one at a time, just putting one seed in with the suggested amount of spacing on the seed packet. Now that I've seen such a low germination rate, I'm starting to broadcast seed and just seeing what comes up. Since it's older seed, I've begun to accept, broadcast it, see what comes up, and buy new seed for the following seasons, including this later summer and early fall timeframe. It's time to get rid of some of that old seed so that I can make way for newer seed with higher germination rates. The things that did germinate grew very slow, and then my early spring plants, because of this temperature rise and consistent high temperature, made them bolt, meaning that most of my plants that did germinate, I didn't have much time to harvest them continually before they started to flower and make seed. While this is okay for me, because I'm more of a lazy gardener, not a market gardener, so I want to see these plants go to seed, and then as they produce seed, I'll collect them for next year so I don't have to buy anymore. What's nice is that those plants that have gone to seed, they were successful in my garden, which means the seeds that they produce will likely have success in my garden the following year or later in the fall season. A market gardener will not have any use for the plants that go to seed because once the plant goes to seed, they're not going to grow any more leaves for you to harvest and a market gardener is trying to gather as much produce as possible out of their garden and sell it to a market. For me, I want my plants to bolt right where they're at so they can reseed for me and add to the seed bank of my garden so I don't even have to replant. They'll come back as a volunteer. Some of my plants didn't even germinate at all, or they germinated and they stayed in their initial growth phase where only the Catalatins, or the first leaves to emerge when a seed germinates, were present. They didn't go much further than that. Things that just didn't work this time were plants like corn, sweet peppers, and thyme. Most of my others actually germinated, and I did get a handful of plants go past their initial germination. I've also allowed volunteers to grow in my garden. These plants could be considered weeds, although they have medicinal and edible properties. So to me, in a permaculture mindset, these were actually uh, more of a blessing. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that these plants are here, and I want them to stay because of their benefits. Some others, not so much. I had to control them and take them out. With the pull-and-drop method, or more accurately, the chop-and-drop method, some of my volunteers were lamb's ear 
amaranth, tomatoes, sunflowers, morning glory, plantain, various grasses, oxalis, or yellow wood sorrel, and yellow nut sedge. The things I didn't want to stay in my garden were the grasses, the yellow nut sedge, the morning glory, and some of the amaranth. Everything else I encourage to stay in my garden, and I want those to reseed and come back. For example, the wood sorrel is great on salads. They're rather sour, so they bring a little extra taste to your salad. Lamb's ear is a delicious leafy green, and it's very prolific. Plantain tastes like leafy chocolate to me, and is great as a poultice for open wounds, as well as stomach ulcers when eaten. Ultimately, gardening and farming can be quite difficult. It's best to find a local mentor to be able to see your operation and give advice firsthand. Someone that has more experience than you do can help bring you up to where they're at and can make you a better gardener faster. So a mentor's experience is invaluable, especially when you're experiencing things that are not going the way you expected. While the internet is also a great resource, a fellow grower is always good to have for moral support and someone to confide in with challenges and triumphs. The best growing plant in my garden was a surprise to me. It was a contender bean that has grown extremely well with my setup. So I planted a whole other garden bed where I didn't have any germination at all with entirely that. What's nice about beans, they are a natural nitrogen fixer. So they're actually going to pull nitrogen out of the air and are going to replenish it in the soil. I'm also going to get lots of string-type beans, which are always tasty from the garden. I had a volunteer sunflower, only one, that grew over six feet all on its own, and it's brought plenty of beneficials as well. One thing that's been nice about the volunteers, especially the amaranth, it has attracted the Japanese beetles, and they have actually munched on the amaranth instead of the plants that I intend to harvest. So some of the volunteers, even though they're considered weeds, balance the ecosystem within the garden. As I move forward, I'm going to learn what plants will grow well in my garden currently. I'm also going to fix the soil with some additional compost and some other soil material, perhaps that aura grow that the local garden center has. Even though my spring garden, to me, failed, I'm still harvesting what I planted. It just took a little bit longer for these plants to come in. As the seasons progress and the garden becomes more mature, I will be able to identify what grows better, what doesn't grow as well, and I can focus on my garden for maximum productivity. I also foresee using my animals to help fix the soil as I let my guinea pigs rummage on one garden bed, for example, most of the year, let that essentially go fallow, and then replant in the future. So I will have many successional and interactions with animals in my garden to make it more productive. The Journey into Permaculture store is now open. There are a handful of items related to gardening and permaculture. Take a look. If there's anything you'd like, it will support this show. On that same website, we also have an email list. If you want to be informed via email about the podcast and other permaculture-related things, make sure to sign up. If you have a favorite previous episode, mention that in a tweet or Facebook 
and I'll make sure to shout you out on a future episode. Our podcast is quite popular. We have well over 3,000 listens so far. Thanks for joining me on this journey into permaculture. See you on the next one.